The following program is for men aged 18 and over. The show contains adult content aimed at men who have sex with men. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Steam Room on Gay SA Radio, proudly brought to you by the South African National Department of Health's Pila Project. On the show tonight, there's a fairly large group of men who self-identify as heterosexual and they have wives and children, most of them, and then occasionally they would have a sexual encounter with another man. If you lack sensation, if it feels dry, experiment with lubricant. So, for the next three hours, we will explore the question, what is MSM? Gay SA Radio, where you are family. You're tuned into the Steam Room, proudly brought to you by the South African National Department of Health's Pillar Project. I'm Musim Imam Saheb, and tonight we're asking the question, what is MSM? We spoke to some people to find out what they thought. MSM is men having sex with another man. Why do you think uh, men have sex with men? Oh, I think it's basically related to our sexuality, the interest of how I feel like I for one, I'm an MSM. So it's engaging with another man according to your sexuality, how you feel. How popular do you think MSM is? Currently, it's getting there. The biggest problems MSM face? Discrimination. The community not having a clear understanding about MSM. Do you have sex with other men? Yes, I do. Um, how often do you do that? Frequently, most of the time, all the time. <laughs> do you know what MSM means? Yes, men sex with men. What do you think of men who have sex with men? Well, I'm a man that has sex with men, so I don't think I should be discriminating. I think they are naturally normal with me. That's what I think, because I think I'm normal. Yeah. How popular do you think MSM is? Well, um, according to my knowledge as a black guy in South Africa, um, it's not that popular, but wherever we go and we get that opportunity to do it, I think the people are so curious to do it, so that's how popular it is. So I would say in a scale of 1% to 100%, it's about... 25%. What do you think are the biggest problems that MSM face? Oh my word. Um, I would think that more than 50% of South Africa do SMN. Eh? Mm-hmm. But because of what they people think or their familiar, okay, uncles or whatever you call them, relatives, things about them, they think, oh, I will not actually acknowledge that I'm into this. So, yeah, that's how it's affected. Do you know what MSM means? Of course. I mean, MSM is basically just your men who have sex with men. Beautiful. What do you think of men who have sex with men? I think there are men that are very much in touch with their sexual pleasure because then, for me, I just have this mindset of uh, your stereotypical kind of men that feel that being hetero or being mainly just identifying as a gay man or just being completely hetero and not understanding what uh, the fine line is when it comes to human sexuality actually is. So I think they're actually quite interesting people. How popular do you think MSM is? 
it actually is extremely popular um, it's just that a lot of people haven't actually gotten to grasp exactly what it means to be MSM a lot of people think that men who have sex with men are gay but not all men that have sex with men are gay I mean they are hetero identifying men I mean for example if hetero you, identifying MSMs yes yeah. I mean uh, if you were to simply say that every man that has sex with uh, any man for whatever purpose is gay therefore you are deeming the entire prison which is full of male uh, prisoners uh, that they're all gay because then they it's it's mainly for pleasure and people just need to understand that sex is just sex so who you sleep with or how you sleep, or what you do in bed does not determine your sexual orientation that's a very interesting one and um, lastly what do you think are the biggest problems and challenges that MSMs face I think the one thing is labeling that is that that for me is the biggest thing it's labeling um the fact that uh the moment a man sleeps with a man they, i mean they even have all these titles for them they'll call them the after nines and so forth on the and down low. The, on the down low such situations and they do not understand the fact that um in actual fact these people can be heterosexual it's just that the man in which they prefer to engage in sexual activity is that which is perceived as being gay and which is wrong in so many ways and it's unfortunate that without all this knowledge most of us then just tend to label a lot um but do you, what do you say to people who say MSMs are just closeted gays who want to use a different um and want to fall under a different WhatsApp group do you know what i've realized having engaged with the LGBTI community in on so many occasions the one thing i've realized is even us as the lgbti community do not have any knowledge actually we do have knowledge but not enough knowledge to be able to understand human sexuality on its own you get a gay man who doesn't even understand what it means to be gay and a lesbian woman when you tell them that you can actually sleep with a man you can actually engage in sexual activities with a man and that doesn't make you any less of a lesbian and it's still a taboo situation you speak to a trans woman and you actually tell them that as a trans woman you can date another trans woman and you'd be uh, perceived as lesbian because you're two women in a relationship or perceived as homo and it's still a bit of a shock and this for me is an alarming situation whereby you realize even the community itself doesn't have sufficient knowledge around this In a moment we'll find out exactly what it means to be MSM when Johan Meyer an expert in the field talks to us about it. Gay SA Radio where you are family. This is the Steam Room brought to you by the South African National Department of Health's Pillar Project. I'm Wasim Imam Saheb and tonight we're asking the question what is MSM? My name is Johan and I am the health manager at Out LGBT Wellbeing, a gay organization in Pretoria, and uh, we are basically a health organization for LGBTI people. What is MSM? This term was basically, if I can put it this way, coined at some stage internationally because it was recognized that we do not only find gay men who have sex with men or bisexual men who have sex with men or even then transgender males who have sex with men, but it was also realized that there's a fairly large group of men who self-identify as heterosexual and they have wives and children, most of them. and then occasionally they would have a sexual encounter with another man and to include this group 
the term men who have sex with men has started to come into use. Now, these men that I mentioned last, they still do not want to identify as gay or bisexual. They still self-identify as heterosexual and they still prefer to be in a heterosexual relationship with women and they still love that woman and they want to have their life with that woman, but they from time to time have the urge or the need to have a sexual encounter with another man. So one thing that's very difficult, for, especially for people like us who work in this space, is trying to get messaging to that last grouping of MSMs, the people who self-identify as straight. How do you target them? How do you talk to them? Very difficult, Ethan, because this is probably the most hidden group of men under the term men who have sex with men. Gay men, to a fairly large extent, has already come out of the closet, except for those who has not yet done so. But the ones who are out, they are fairly easy to reach because they are out and proud and they are quite visible. The same more and more so nowadays with bisexual men. The bisexual group in South Africa is starting to become more visible as well. But the men who do not self-identify, they are the most difficult group to reach. And um, I think for obvious reasons, because their behavior is already something that they question within themselves. And they wonder, are they now gay or bisexual? So they are already struggling with those type of questions within themselves. Plus, one can imagine that the community would not understand the fact that this is a married man and and they are having sex with another man from time to time. So it is very difficult for us to reach them and the only way that we are able to do it right now is through accessing certain networks of people. So the key for us is to identify a person who has access to a certain network and then where that person would then allow us to also enter into that network for some reason. So we would typically ask a person if we identify one of these people, we would ask them if they would be able and willing to recruit people within their network to come to us and to access the necessary services that we provide. There are some that do their own research and when they find out about out and the services that we offer, if they do that via the internet, they would then make their own appointments and come to us. Okay, so let's talk about the prevalency of MSMs. It's a difficult number to pin down, but roughly in your estimation, how many MSMs are there in Pretoria and then maybe in South Africa as well? As you rightly said, very difficult to pin down once again because this group is so hidden. So if one looks at the prevalence of around 11% for gay people and you apply that to the male people in, say, for instance, a city like Pretoria, then one could roughly say that the MSM would add a little bit to that figure, that prevalence of 11%. There was a study done and we use this figure for our programming purposes and to apply for the funding. And there is a figure of around a prevalence of 40,000 in Pretoria alone. What are some of the biggest issues that MSMs face? We all know that we have a very favorable constitution since 1994 and since then a couple of laws also consequently changed that are very favorable for the whole group of MSM in South Africa. But one thing that we do see is that unfortunately these laws do not always translate to a level where the typical person on the street would also apply these. 
We also see that some government officials from time to time do not apply these laws and still discriminate. So back to your question of what problems MSM face is basically discrimination, stigmatization and also marginalization in the process. Some of it is definitely self-imposed because we have a very high level of internal homophobia against ourselves. If I say we, I'm talking about gay people in general. So one could also say that this stigmatization and discrimination could sometimes be perceived and is not always necessarily real. But we did a survey in 2015. It was actually a repeat of an earlier study that we initially did in 2003, a levels of empowerment study where we measured the levels of discrimination and stigmatization on a health and on a justice level in the country. And it was quite high. So people started asking us, did the levels go down? Did it go up? And therefore, we decided to repeat the study in 2015. And the findings are quite alarming. Um, there's still a very high level of discrimination. Out of the a little over 2,000 respondents, we found that 49% of those still experienced discrimination or stigmatization or hate crimes perpetrated against them. What are some of the health issues that MSMs face? The typical health issues are of a sexual nature, one can imagine. So it's issues with HIV, issues with sexually transmitted infections, STIs. There's also some general issues that men who have sex with men would face. And in terms of these, they don't find it very easy to access services for these typical issues. The reason for that is because, first of all, they are too afraid to come out and go to, for instance, their family doctor, GP, or to go to a public health facility and then disclose to the public health official there what the issues are. Let's say, for instance, there's an STI and the person experiences some symptoms. It's not so easy to talk, for instance, about anal warts or stuff like that. So people don't find it easy to access sexual health services. That was Johan Mayer, an expert in the field, speaking to us about the ins and outs of MSM. Hey, I can't talk too long. He's already in his Uber. He's on his way? Oh my gosh, how are you feeling? You have to tell me everything afterwards. I will. I just don't even know what this is supposed to be. Well, it is 11 o'clock at night and he is coming alone. So? Yeah, but this could mean anything. Maybe he just wants to hang out. I don't know. Check some few beers or whatever it is that this heteros do when they're watching Drag Race. Gregory. What? You saw the way he was looking at you at Carrie's birthday party. That's not how friends look at each other. And may I remind you, you were staring right back at him. And he asked for your number. What more do you need? Jess, you're missing one key point of the whole argument here. What? He's not even gay. Since when do you need to be gay to have sex with a guy? Matthew slept with a whole bunch of guys back before we started dating. What? I didn't know that. Oh yeah, back when we were all at uni. You know, he was playing the field, checking out what he's really into. And you didn't mind? Not at all. I mean, I did the same thing with a girl or two at res. Sometimes you've got to check it out to know for sure. I guess that's true. Sometimes it just feels like the art and proud are the only one who are even capable of thinking that way. Well, don't judge a book, hey? Carl's a nice guy, so I say just take it as it comes. He's already giving you something to work with. Those longing looks from across the bar. Oh, and that ass. I swear sometimes when he's wearing skinny jeans, I start self-lubricating. And his hands are so big. Shit, I think he's here. Hey, dude, it's Kyle. Open up. And so it is. 
I think I just pissed myself. I'll call you back, okay? <laughs> yes, boo. <laughs> Good luck. I want to hear every little detail later. Take notes. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. I'll let you know how it goes. Coming! Hey there. Hey, bro. Welcome. Come on in. <laughs> so, how's it going? Ah, oh, bro. Can't complain. Just glad you were still up, eh? <laughs> I always am. I'm a bit of a night all myself. Mm, same. And good to know. I'll keep that in mind. Can I hold you to that? I always get bored at night. Well, we'll see, won't we? <laughs> I uh, bought the weed. Aces, dude. I just ran out. Can you roll it, though? I suck. Sure. Let me just go get the papers. I think they're in the bedroom. No need. I've got some right here in my pocket. Well, hand them over then. I'm dying for a spliff. <clears throat> yeah. Ah, you use the king-size ones. Same as mine. So, the rumours are true. <laughs> Same. <laughs> oh, and Kamu says hi, by the way. Wait. You and Kamu are friends? You know he and I... We used to date. <laughs> yeah, he told me. We used to bartend together at Gloopy's. Oh, small world. Yeah, he's a cool guy. We're quite tight, actually. <laughs> cool. Um, he's great. Uh, we had a pretty amicable breakup. Cool. What's that look for? Nothing. So, what did you have in mind for tonight? Wow. That joint hit me first. Yeah, dude, this is some good shit. I got it from Bryson. Bryson DeLoe? Yeah. Are you in his testless thing? Nah, not for weeks now. Oops. Sorry. Haven't really been keeping track of things. Work's been keeping me so busy. Are you seeing anyone? Nope. Single as can be, hey? Who was that guy who was all over you at Kerry's thing? Oh, no. That was just a friend. He was just a little drunk. Oh, I see. Well, I was jealous. You were? Yeah, just like I was jealous when I found out that you and Kamu had a thing. Wait, I have questions now. Are you gay? Nah, I wouldn't say that. But I'm definitely capable of finding most anyone hot. Well, well, well. Where do I apply for consideration? <laughs> no need. Is uh, this okay? Definitely. But... But... I didn't prepare. No worries. I did. Want to move this to the bedroom? I have lube and condoms and stuff. Lead the way. Everything's still fine here? It's all good, thanks. Your rap is on its way. Thank you so much. Hey, boo! Oh, hey, you here? How are you doing? What do you mean? Stop toying with me. Spill. Why didn't I get a call last night? There I was, biting my nails with my popcorn getting cold as fuck. And I got nothing but radio silence from you. <laughs> Time to piss up. Well... I'm assuming that look means it went well. Dude, spill. We had sex. And his dick is huge. Yum! But he bottomed. So... That was nice, because, you know, I'm first top. And my top side really came out, hey? 
OMG, I can't believe it actually happened. I'm just as stunned as you are. He even texted me this morning to say he had a good time. And he kind of started to ask me out for dinner and drinks tomorrow night. He asked you on a date? Yeah, I think he did. Okay, hold up. You don't seem sufficiently excited about dating that tall Adonis. <laughs> are you ill? No, it's just... I'm not sure that that's what I'm necessarily looking for from him. But you were literally just saying the other day that you're fully overcome. It's not that. What is it? Was the sex not up to standard? No, it was amazing. And he's really good conversation. So, what's the trepidation then? It's just, you know, we hooked up and it was great and all, but I don't know if I could even begin to go on dates with someone who isn't gay, but still fucks around with guys. What do you mean? I don't get it. It's a massive gray area and it's just too complicated for me. You know, I spent so much time coming to terms with myself and having to backtrack and be with someone who doesn't know who they are. It's just like so much admin and I don't need it, hey? It's messy. Greg, I... What? Greg, I don't think that's entirely fair. Hmm? To say that he doesn't know who he is. What do you mean? Well, maybe who he is is exactly what he's telling you. Maybe he just likes you and wants to see where it goes. I mean, did he do anything to put you off? Well, no. He was really nice and all. And like I said, he's really good conversation. And the sex was good. No, the sex was great. He really knew what he was doing. He did this thing with his tongue and made my eyes water. And the sex was great. So, as much as I love you, babe, I have to say that it's kind of unfair that you're judging him. I mean, queer people have had a tough enough time as it is with being accepted as something that actually exists. So, you know, it's unfair for any of us to do the same to anyone else. Gay isn't the only thing you can be. Jess, did you miss the part where I said I was balls deep in this guy? So, maybe he's just a guy who likes sleeping with other guys. Doesn't mean it's the only thing he's into. And it doesn't really mean that we have the right to box anyone into any category. It's called erasure. He's a plus. <laughs> LGBTQ plus. Um, uh, hi there, ma'am. Can I get you anything? Oh, hey, can I have an Americano, please? No milk. Sure thing. Coming right up. What I mean... <sighs> What I mean is that he's in the category that we don't like to talk about. Like my boyfriend is. Yeah, but does Matty even talk about it? Yes, babe. Openly. That's why I was so surprised you didn't know. He's a man who enjoys sleeping with other men. It's no crime that he doesn't identify as gay. I mean, sure, there are a lot of specific issues that those people have to deal with. You know, health-wise. But it's really just as simple as asking him. It's literally like, I don't take coffee in my milk. You do. Doesn't change the fact that we're still capable of going out on a coffee date. <laughs> you are lactose intolerant. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't change the point. If you guys are still capable of going out on dates and having a good time after, then why not try it out? Hmm. So he's on his way over now. Yep. I just got out of the shower. And where are you guys going? There's this new bar that opened in Mabaneng. We are going to check it out. I heard it's pretty good. Oh, that sounds like fun. Yeah, but we're going to chill here for a bit first. Have you figured out if it's a date yet? Well, um, I just finished shaving every inch of my body. And my asshole is as clean as the day I was born. 
So. Whoa, stop right there. I don't need the gory details. Hey, I'm proud of myself. You could eat your dinner off it. OMG, Greg. Too much information. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just really excited. We've been talking almost non-stop today. Dude is funny and hella fucking smooth. Well, that's a change of pace. Could you put Greg on the phone, please? <laughs> nah, it's just that I've been thinking about what you said and you were right. Sorry? I said you were right. Sorry, is the connection fine? That's perfect. I just love hearing you say it. <laughs> no, but seriously, I can't call myself woke and think like that. I'm glad you feel that way, but obviously, no judgment. I wouldn't have thought like this before dating Matty, and now it seems so obvious. Yeah, and you know, uh, he's a good guy, and he's a stoner. So what is there to even complain about? <laughs> I'm just going to get dressed and stuff quickly before he arrives now. You reckon it's going to be a late one? Wink, wink. <laughs> Maybe, but not too late. I have work tomorrow morning. Good dick never hurt anyone. This one might, honey. We are talking an eggplant size here. OMG, Greg. I'm serious, with two wrecking balls just swinging around recklessly. <laughs> oh my word, stop. <laughs> just like a side of sirloin steak, begging to be. <gasps> Shit, I think it's here. He's Ellie. I'm literally still naked. Good. So you're ahead of schedule. <laughs> okay, I have to go. I'll call you afterwards, okay? Hurry up, I gotta be! <gasps> Coming! Okay, wish me luck. Good luck, babes. And don't get dressed. Do you think I should just answer in my towel? Yes! <laughs> you are such a bad influence. Bye. Oh, hey there. Oh, hey. Uh, hey. <laughs> Care to join me for a quick J? J, BJ, either way. Sounds good to me. I got king size. Well, we hope you enjoyed that one. That was King Size, written by Alan Bantam for Gay Essay Radio, where you are family. We hope you've been having a great time with us on Gay Essay Radio tonight. I'm your host, Wasimi Mam Saheb, and I'll be keeping you company here on the airwaves for another two hours as we continue to bring you the steam room, brought to you by the South African National Department of Health's Pillar Project. So by now, we hope that listening has left you with a much better idea of what MSM actually is and how it operates. You may even find that you are part of the special group and you could identify with some of the issues that have been raised in tonight's show. So far, we've been fortunate enough to interview Johan Meyer, an expert in the field, to help us understand in the simplest terms what MSM is and what some of the biggest issues within this ever-growing community are. We also had a chance to listen to a radio drama written exclusively for Gay Essay Radio, which dealt with MSM in a more realistic way, exploring how it comes up in the day-to-day -day lives of people, which we hope has shed some light on how to discuss the subject if it comes up in your life or the lives of those around you. This is The Steam Room, brought to you by the South African National Department of Health's Pillar Project. And with another two hours to go, we hope you'll stay tuned as we continue to answer the question, what is MSM? And with the very many answers that come with that question. Also on the show tonight, we'll be talking frankly and honestly about the various kinds of barrier methods you can put in place to ensure your own peace of mind when getting down and dirty. We'll also be talking about STIs, sexually transmitted illnesses, and how you can minimize the risk of contracting them by observing a few simple rules and rituals to keep unwanted bugs at bay. Also stay tuned for a whole lot more music and our event segments to give you a clue as to what your upcoming plans might be. 
All that and a whole lot more is coming up later on the show. We hope you'll stay here with us on KSA Radio, where you are family. Next up, we have some music, after which we'll be meeting actual MSMs, that's men who have sex with men, to find out directly what their opinions on the whole matter are. We'll be talking sex, plain and simple. How and where do you like it? How often do you have MSM sex? What's your favorite sex act? Where do you meet the guys you're hooking up with? What's your orientation? Because we now know that gay is most definitely not the only answer. Whatever the answers to these questions, news is always better from the horse's mouth. So stay tuned to find out more. Gay SA Radio, where you are family. This is The Steam Room, brought to you by the South African National Department of Health's Pillar Project. I'm Wasim Imam Saheb, and tonight we're asking the question, what is MSM? Well, who better to ask than men who have sex with men in the first place? And that's what we're going to do. We're going to give them the mic and ask them to tell us what it means to be MSM before we look at some of the health issues that MSM may face. These practices were there even in the biblical times for Earth's sake. The, the, the free condoms have been exposed to the, to the highest standards, you know, from the, the South African Bureau of Standards. Why do you have sex with other men? That's my sexual interest. I'm gay. I've got feelings for another man, so basically I sleep with another man because I'm gay and it's where my interest lies. I was going to ask you the next question. How do you identify as straight, gay, bisexual? So or, um, gay. So gay. Um, where do you meet men for sex? We approach each other. Social media, social networks as well, they are easily to identify and get another man, but then there are those people and I don't even, I'm a good getter. If I'm interested to someone, I can, I don't mind to approach. What is your favorite sex act with another man? Oral, anal, masturbation? Anal. Anal. Yes, that's where the nice part is. <laughs> How do you protect yourself during sex? Uh, they're using the, the condoms. And especially again, remember the anal is something, some part of the body that is very sensitive. So always making use of the lubricant is the most important part to be safe. Great. You have the anal sex. Why do you have sex with me? Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. <That's laughs> Actually, mm. I don't know. It just happened. It happened. Mm. How often do you partake in, in, in MSM? Um, to be honestly, whenever I'm ready, usually there's no time in my life where there is nobody interested in me. But sometimes I do not feel comfortable with the guys that want me to have SMM with them. Understand? Mm -hmm. So whoever I'm comfortable with doing it with them, so I do it. Yeah. Are you straight, bi, or something else? Okay. Um, something else and gay. Something else and gay. <laughs> Can you explain something else to me? Uh, I would explain something else as people that are bisexual and have like straight partners and are still interested in gay people. Yeah, that's what I think it is. Where do you meet men for sex? Actually, I don't meet men for sex. Let me no, do. I don't. I meet men for fun. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I, I'm that kind of guy that I just will not go into sex. I meet you, we know each other, 
What's your name? What's your name? I'm telling him what my name is, and he tells me what his name is. I'm from Red Place. I'm from Red Place. And I'm like, okay, thank bye. We exchange numbers. The following day, we're like, where are you? I'm like, um, I'm still in my place. And then, after like two months or so, actually, this is Pink Lurie. After two Pink Luries or so, I'm pure. I'm still in the Pink Lurie. I'm like, okay, can we meet? Then we can meet and we can sex. So I don't have like a time being for that. What is your favorite sex act with a man? I would say it's a blowjob. Blowjob. Yeah. How do you protect yourself during sex? Condoms all the time. I don't go into sex without condoms. I cannot trust you because I don't know you. Sometimes you understand. Even though we've been dating for a while, but I don't know where you've been. Understand? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why do you think? MSMs have sex with men. I mean, I, I for one just think it's a matter of being in touch with uh, sexual practices. It's a matter of understanding what you want. It's a matter of going for what you want, and basically just satisfying yourself sexually. Do you think it? Do you find it to be unconventional, if lack of a better word? Not really. It's it's not unconventional in any way. I mean, these practices were there even in the biblical times, for Earth's sake. How do we call it unconventional? While in this very day and age, we still have uh, our dearest fathers, and this is the heartbreaking part. The, using the word unconventional then speaks to all the men that are married that are then engaging in sexual intercourse with other men that are married to women, to be precise, that are engaging in sexual intercourse with other men and you call it unconventional for what particular purpose? It's almost like you're saying, this is wrong, this is not right, it's not normal, I hate that word with a passion, you know? (laughs) All activists hate the word normal. How often do you think... um, or do you know, because you work this, uh, in this field, how often do MSMs partake in sex with men? Wow. I must say testosterone doesn't help either, hey? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it's, 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 I feel it's very much, uh, it's very much genetic as well. Um, it's hormone related. I mean, the whole situation around uh, behavioral um, studies already explains the fact that an individual who's male is, is prone to want to engage more in sexual activities, I mean, due to the testosterone and so forth. So it, it's, I, w- I, w- I would not necessarily have a number or a ratio to put it on, but we know that men are more sexually active than women in comparison. That's, would you say three times a week? If we had to break it down to another. No, sit here and I'm going to tell you nothing less than three times. Yeah, minimum. And this is coming to me. This is coming from my point of view. Three times. Minimum. I'm not putting this on anybody else. I mean, we, we have men out here that are just fine with once a week, but some of us, no, no, it's okay. And a minimum three three times. Wow. <laughs> um, now, most of these MSMs that you work with, do they identify as straight, gay, bi, or something else altogether? After most of the human sexuality training that I give I actually realize that a whole lot of people come out with different perspectives of who they actually are after having gained all that knowledge um, it's quite an interesting situation that you would ask that and I think they identify as all those because as soon as one has knowledge then they are able to better than um, uh, what do you call I, as I don't like the word labeling but um, to be able to relate to a particular situation so it would be all some are hetero some are gay and so forth what is your favorite sex act with a man mm-hmm. one word <laughs> sex act yes 
I can't give you one word, oh, no. but I can Break, tell yeah. you what it yeah. is. I, I I love it when my husband just lays on my chest. Ooh, simply yes. that. I am Simple. I am very I am very intimate. Yeah, I'm like wow. that. And lastly, how do you protect yourself during sex? Um, as we speak, I'm um taking um I'm on I'm on uh HIV prevention prep. medication, which is prep. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, it's the whole. A one tab a day situation, and um, we do also use protection um, wow. occasionally. Oh, lovely! Occasionally. <laughs> up next, we'll be getting up close and personal, and getting some important information and advice from Annelie Fourier Larue, an expert in the field of condoms and other protection methods useful when engaging in MSM. My name is Annelie Ferreira-Roo. I work for an organization called CAPSA. It's the Christian AIDS Bureau for Southern Africa. And we see how we can assist communities, especially faith communities as well, to understand and respond uh, towards the HIV epidemic. Awesome. Okay, so the first question I have is, when it comes to MSM individual, are there any differences with regards to the condoms and other things that they should use versus potentially straight people? As far as I know, there's not not much of a difference. When I spoke with um, officials from the Department of Health, it seems as if it's the mostly the same type of condoms that would be distributed regardless of whether it's um, for a heterosexual community or men who have sex with, with men. Of, of course, there are more options available if you go to a, a sex shop or to a you know a pharmacy or so. So people are encouraged to to follow their preference. But in in terms of what condoms would be a good one, good ones to use? For us, the the criteria would always be one that has the SABS approved standards stamp on it. Can you talk a bit about the different barrier methods and items that people should be using when they have sex? So we know about condoms. What else should people always be using? Well, in terms of um, barrier methods, the the one that's m- most common to me is the is the condom one. Of course, with a condom one, would also speak about about lubricants, and um, that l- lubricants will will reduce the friction. So, just on a practical or scientific level, the less fr- friction there is, there's smaller chance of entry points for HIV. But of course, also when it comes to the question of enjoyment and sensation, then lubricants also greatly assist with with enhancing the sexual experience, whereas people are often resistant and might say that, you know, it's not the same having sex with a a condom as obviously without it, but um, lubricants can can change that and um, therefore we strongly recommend the use of that. What would you say to somebody who says, I don't use condoms because I don't like the decreased sensitivity? There are two angles, you know, there's the... the, um, I almost want to say that the school teacher approach, you know, like, you know, if you're going to have unprotected sex, you're putting yourself at risk, which of course is not the, not the approach adult people like, like to hear. But, um, so, but on one level, our message to, to heterosexual or homosexual people would be the same. Whenever I engage in unprotected sex with a partner whose HIV status, I don't know, I am placing myself at risk. So that's the school teacher hard hard and harsh truths which is part of the reality in South Africa um, where we have a very high prevalence but but if we take it away from from that if we acknowledge because it is the truth sex with a condom is different than sex with, without a condom and um, we, I would normally say that we need to engage 
with that question because we cannot just ignore it. And and then I would refer back to the previous comment about about lubricants because, you know, what the condom does, it's, it, it is actually forming a barrier between the body fluids of the of the two people or the body and the fluids and and um, so it could be more clinical with a condom than just to be the more spontaneous act with the body fluids being part of the intimacy and that's where we would say that if you lack sensation if it feels dry experiment with lubricant and then it also depends on who's complaining or who's feeling less sensation because if we only rub lubricant on the condom once it's on the penis then it's only the person at the bottom or the receiver receiver that will feel the benefit of the lubricant but if it's the topper then of course you have to put some lubricant on the erect penis before you put the condom on otherwise you won't feel anything so in a sense we want to say yes it's true it is different and it's especially different in the beginning when we still have to concentrate on you know how to put on the condom what to what to remember but to to play with and experiment with different lubricants uh definitely and also with different different types of condoms those with a that's a bit ripped in also gives a different different sensation and different lubricants can also give a different sensation. So the school teacher wants to say, please put on the condom, but um, the human being with an understanding of, of sex and intimacy herself would say, play with it, experiment with it. And because we understand that it's in our best interest, then um, find a way that will make it playful again, that will bring some of the sensation and intimacy back. One thing that I've seen many people say is that they don't trust free condoms um, and they always end up buying super expensive condoms at pharmacies. Do you have any insight onto the safety of the free condoms that are distributed? Well, because the, the, the free condoms have been exposed to the, to the highest standards, you know, from the South African Bureau of Standards, we trust it. We as an organization, we distribute it through our programs. And whenever we do the condom demonstrations, we, will, we won't say you have to use the, con, the, the government provided ones, but we will say the first thing to look at before you use a condom is to see whether the SABS mark is on it. And when it's there, then you know it has been exposed to the necessary test to determine its safety. So, I mean, I can only speak then from, from, for ourselves and our organization that, that we, we trust that stamp. But, and I mean, it's been many years ago, but there was an incident where the government did recall all the condoms because they realized there was a problem. And, and even though it was, you know, worrying that there was a problem about 10 years ago, it was also comforting knowing that they, that they followed up and that they just didn't just leave the condoms out in out in the community. So, I mean, I've just been online again. And I mean, you can buy condoms if you want to really go Rolls Royce. You can pay over 500 Rand for a packet. I mean, if you want to do it and if in some way that enhances your experience to go for the uh, very exotic and very expensive condoms, again, if it works for you, uh, please go ahead. But from our side, we would really want to say that uh, so much is invested into the government-provided um, condoms that we we trust it. And especially more recent years with the introduction of the flavored flavored condoms, we now get to the point where when we just dis- when we distribute condoms that people 
you know, they, they skip the blue ones. They, um, and I say, why don't, oh no, the blue ones are the ordinary ones. So they prefer their grape or their banana or whatever flavor, flavors. And I think that has also contributed to making it, making the government provided condoms more, a bit more sexy, a bit more um, interesting than just the, the ordinary uh, ones that we've been used to for so many years. When it comes to the ins and outs of MSM, sometimes it may seem like there's a lot to keep track of, especially when it comes to the business of protecting oneself against sexually transmitted illnesses or STIs. Luckily for those who engage in MSM, there's a tremendous amount of trustworthy research to fall back on, to use to guard and best prepare oneself so that MSM can stay the fun and anxiety-free activity it's meant to be. In the queer community, those who partake in MSM form a diverse community with many subcategories, though they all have one thing in common. There is an anomalously high rate of STI transmission as STIs such as syphilis, HIV and gonorrhea still remain high-risk diseases. One reason for this is the fact that anal one reason for this is the fact that the act of anal sex, which is the most prevalent within the MSM community, for good reason of course, does unfortunately carry a higher risk than most other kinds of sex. The anal cavity is particularly susceptible to STI transmission due to the thinness and therefore more likely damage of the barrier between partners, which allows for a passageway between bodies whereby diseases can travel. Studies have shown that the general characteristics of the MSM community in terms of sexual behavior lends itself toward a higher rate of STI transmission. Activities like group sex, casual sex, and the number of lifetime sexual partners, topics which we will be covering in upcoming episodes of The Steam Room, are more popular within this group. Also, the frequency of bareback sex is reportedly higher within the MSM community, another factor which lends itself to the increasing rate of STI transmission. That being said, there are still many ways you can protect yourself and your partner or partners and still have as good a time as ever. Use condoms. As obvious as it sounds, condoms are one of the most effective methods for keeping all those anxieties at bay. By using a respected and high quality brand of condom, the risk of transmission during anal sex is dramatically reduced as it provides a stable barrier between yourself and your partner. Used in conjunction with a water-based lubricant to ensure that the condom does not break or tear in any way. This method of protection comes with peace of mind very seldom matched by other methods of protection. Be warned, however, that not using lube or using an oil-based lubricant which can dissolve the condom is a bad move. Get tested. As a man who enjoys MSM, it's important to be aware that the risk of contracting STIs is higher than those of other people such as MSW, men who have sex with women, or WSW, women who have sex with women. It is therefore highly recommended that you get tested for HIV often. As it stands, the best advice is to get tested every six months, even if you do use protection. The best preventative methods are only successful 99.9% of the time. Better not get caught out that 0.1% of the time and risk getting yourself or your partner in trouble. Be ready in the moment. Make sure that if you are a sexually active MSM, that you are stocked up on everything you might need when the mood strikes you. This means having lube and condoms in the drawer next to your bed or wherever else you like getting down and dirty. If you're traveling, make sure you have a kit with you as well. A condom in your wallet never hurts anybody's cool factor. Pay attention. Before doing the deed, make sure that you and your partner have had an open and honest discussion about your statuses. Pay attention to the condom you're using. Make sure it's not damaged in any way. Make sure you use enough lube. 
Also, there are minor things that you can do for your own peace of mind. Don't brush your teeth directly before oral sex, as tiny abrasions in the mouth are possible passageways for STIs. Make sure that before anal sex, you're feeling peachy down there, so as not to aggravate any possible sore spots. Keep track. After you've engaged in any act of MSM, both in the hours afterwards as well as the following days, be sure to pay attention to your own body. If there are any signs like burning in your genital area or anus, or anything abnormal like rashes or fevers that crop up, be sure to head straight to the doctor's office to have them checked out. It might be nothing, but being cautious is always wise. It's always better to catch things early before they get to a level at which they begin to impede your daily life. Now let's have a quick gab as we summon the cavalry. Spilling the tea tonight, we have Rian and Ian. So, just between us, Morphys. So when did you guys first start having MSM sex? Who started with you? Sure, I think when I was about 11. Like full-on sex? Full-on sex, 15. So what was happening when you were 11? You were playing with other boys, writing love letters, kissy, kissy, touchy, touchy. But full-on sex about when I was 15. Ian? Well, I have a similar story. I was caught in the toilet since then at five, which means I was about 11. But full-on man-on-man sex probably when I was about 18. So where did you guys come out then? I came out when I was 16. When I was 21. Talk a bit about your coming out. I think my coming out went in was in two parts, actually. The first part was to my friends in high school. Um, everybody knew I was gay, and which kind of gave me the hot pass with hot girls. I used to hang out with the hot girls, and all the boys wanted to be friends because they were friends with the hot girls. And then when I just finished my trick, I think it was my first year of varsity, I came out to my mom. And I had the rest of my family, and I was about 18 at the time. Um, my worst part about coming out was eventually getting the courage to tell my mother I needed to talk to her about something. And the first thing that came out of her mouth was who's pregnant. <laughs> and <laughs> so, sorry, mom, you're not getting any grandkids out of me. But other than that, everybody else seemed to already know. And you got comments like, oh, it's about time. Uh, finally. Finally, you're out. And I told my mom as well, she already knew she was just waiting for me to come actually tell her. Cool. Okay, then the final question is going to be, how does being an MSM affect your daily life, if anything? I don't think it affects my daily life at all. Um, there's no discrimination. There's, my life goes on as usual. I mean, my life has been this way from, since I can remember, I guess, in a big way. So hasn't had a severe impact. People generally know, and if you don't like how I am, then it's not my problem. And the two of us come as a package anyway, so. <laughs> now it's time for some more expert advice. In the studio with us, we have Johan Meyer, who is here to shed a bit more light on the social side of what it means to be MSM. How are MSMs perceived by the quote-unquote general population? That is a very good question. With our constitution being very favorable since 1994 and favorable laws in our country, some of the most favorable in the whole of Africa and sometimes also in the world, we could say, one would expect that the general's larger society would be much more tolerant and much more accepting of MSM, but we actually find the opposite. There was a recent survey done and basically what was alarming is that the number actually went up of the number of people who perceive MSM in a negative light. 
the survey was done about four years ago and and then the number was around 53 percent but the alarming thing is that that number went up to 71 percent so we see then that in society the intolerance and not accepting gay people or msm then to use that term again is actually on the increase and that is quite alarming on the other hand, though, you do see that there are a lot of people who are very open-minded and very accepting, not only tolerant, but accepting. One would one see that in certain communities as well. So it's this strange thing. It's almost like the divide between the group of people who are accepting and tolerant and the group who will never, probably never be tolerant or accepting is just growing bigger and bigger. Then let's talk about some of the stereotypes that are associated with MSMs and how true they are or not? I think we, and I'm hoping I'm right, this is only my viewpoint, is I think we have moved past quite a number of stereotypes that, you know, an MSM must be effeminate male person per se or must follow certain careers and do certain jobs. But I do think where the perceptions and the stereotypes come in is that MSM are still viewed as promiscuous, almost like it's something dirty that one should not talk about, and that MSM are only out for sex. It's almost as if society in general do not view MSM as people, but as sexual objects. So I, I would think that is where the stereotyping is lying. So where do you think the stereotypes come from? I think it's coming from some religious viewpoints. It's coming from some traditional viewpoints. And it's coming from pure ignorance. Most of the people that you would find make comments about MSM as such, as what I said in my previous comment or remark, you would find that they have never even in their life spoken to a gay person or an MSM they are not even aware of MSM or gay people around them. Do you have any advice for MSMs who want to kind of break these stereotypes? Is there anything they can do to break these stereotypes? Is it even their responsibility to do so? I think to a degree it is a person's responsibility. But when I say that, I'm, I'm going to qualify that a little bit. Um, I would not necessarily say that people need to go out um, on almost like crusade to, to make people aware or to try and break down stereotypes or change them. But I would say if each person in their own circle where they live can live out and proud and more people can be exposed and can be sort of almost challenged in terms of their views or confronted with an MSM person, I think that would serve a lot and that would go far to break down stereotypes. It's only when we are going to live shy and afraid that we are not going to succeed in breaking down the stereotypes. Having said that, though, I think we should bear in mind that there will be a portion of society that will never change their mind, no matter how you confront them with what. And that's the picture that we are seeing. Uh, I, I mentioned earlier that I think the divide between people who are going to be tolerant and accepting and the ones who will never be, I think that divide is just growing bigger and bigger. If you're a man who has sex with men who may be worried about specific illnesses and how to get treated for them, or if you're just an MSM in general, our next segment is here to help you take a load off your mind by knowing where you can go about seeking help. It's lucky that we live in the age that we do. 
only two decades ago, being an MSM was an incredibly difficult experience, not just socially or politically, but also in terms of where to get help with issues if needed. With MSMs being highly susceptible to many, shall we say, occupational hazards, knowing where to get help quickly and in a space free from stigma is highly helpful and important to know. In the age of the internet, however, help isn't difficult to come by when it comes to access to necessary information regarding health and counseling when dealing with the trauma of a new diagnosis or general anxiety about possible issues. Healthformen.co.za On the site, MSMs can access information on a variety of topics relating to MSM experiences. Information about testing and counseling centers, general articles on MSM experiences, uplifting anecdotal articles, and much more all of which fosters a sense of community among MSMs and helps MSMs deal with issues specific to this group. All, of course, free of stigma and judgment. Wethebrave.co.za With a current and user-friendly interface, this site offers no-holds-barred access to information about MSM issues ranging from health to wellness, even going so far as to touch on topics that may be considered niche or comical but are worth discussing in a day and age where awareness is key and and knowledge is always power lgbtc.com. This site offers a diverse range of reading material for MSMs relating to both queer issues and MSM issues specifically. This is a great space for you to visit if you are in need of the allyship which can so often go amiss in the real lives of MSMs. In general, most Western countries, while varied in their levels of consideration, have accommodations for MSMs in place within the public health system. So visit your local clinic if there are any problems you need to sort out. And do your research. There are many organizations out there who are aimed at information access and the spread of knowledge when it comes to MSM issues. Speaking of, it's important to stay aware of the fact that physical health isn't the only health that counts. Mental health is just as important and is an often forgotten issue MSMs have to face on the daily. Being part of a stigmatized community is hard, but help is available. Support groups are a great way to go. Do your research and find out where in your community these groups exist. Whether they are coordinated by trained professionals or just a group of MSMs who meet to talk, these groups can help you adjust to or come to terms with an array of issues like dealing with discrimination and stigma, the process of coming out as an MSM, feelings of isolation due to being part of a sexual minority, dealing with issues of rejection due to stigma faced within the religious or commercial space, and dealing with a new diagnosis. It's always best to stay informed and on top of things, especially when it comes down to physical and emotional health. When it comes down to it, there are many communities in which MSMs can and do thrive. Being MSM still makes you part of a niche and more than often marginalized community. But there is help out there if you know where to look. As MSMs, there is a responsibility to be taken for yourself, but also for your partner or partners. Staying on top of things and knowing where you are in terms of your own health is key to being able to live freely and responsibly so you are able to enjoy things as much as you can in every area of your life. And that's it from us tonight as the steam room shuts its doors for the evening. Thanks to all of you who dropped your trousers, grabbed a towel and got hot and sweaty with us here on KSA Radio tonight as we ask the question, what is MSM? We hope that what you've learned here tonight helps you better navigate the world around you and has left you a whole lot more informed. Tonight we spoke to Johan Meyer, an expert in the field of MSM and Annelie Fury-Leroux, a condom expert. 
We also listen to a drama written exclusively for GSA Radio by playwright Alan Banton and spoke about MSM sex and all its ins and outs with actual MSMs themselves. Next week on the show, in the same slot of 7 to 10 p.m. on a Wednesday night, we'll be bringing you another three hours of material jam-packed full of fun and facts as we get steamy and talk about the always intriguing and ever-interesting subject of first-timers. What to do if you've never had MSM sex but are gagging to try this whole business out for yourself? Tune in next week as we talk to more seasoned experts, enjoy another radio drama, give you more hard facts, and of course, listen to some good music. I'm Wasim Imam Saeb and I've had the best time with you all here tonight on Gay Say Radio. We hope you had a great time too. 